This episode is a sponsored partnership by Keen. So, you finally decided that you want to seek psychic advice. But now you're just sitting there and you're asking yourself, why Keen? Shouldn't I just look into psychics near me? It would probably be a lot easier. Our response? Why would you? Keen connects you with talented tarot readers and astrologers. If you want to get a reading on Keen, it's super easy to start. They've been giving trustworthy readings since 1999, over 35 million to be exact. All you have to do is create an account, and you'll be able to choose from hundreds of readers who are online right now. These readers each have unique specialties designed to provide a deeper understanding of your situation. Want to learn more about your love life? What's your financial future look like? Are you looking for a closure from a deceased loved one? Keen has a reader ready to provide clarity and insight. You can choose whichever reader best suits your needs, and you'll be able to connect via phone call or text. Just go to trykeen.com potential. As a new customer on Keen, you can try your first 10 minutes for only $1.99, which is up to $99 in savings. Once again, that's trykeen.com potential. Get your first 10 minutes for $1.99. And remember, know your potential. Hey, Potential Podcast listeners, let's talk about today's sponsor, Let's Get Checked. Let's Get Checked makes professional health testing easy by letting you get tested without having to visit a healthcare provider. You can order a testing kit that will be delivered to you in discreet packaging. Once your sample arrives in the laboratory, confidential results will be available from your secure online account within two to five days. These results are reviewed by a clinician and a member of the Let's Get Checked nursing team may call you to review your results. And Let's Get Checked laboratories are CLIA approved and CAP accredited, which are the highest ranking levels of accreditation. So, if you want to avoid an uncomfortable office visit or prefer the convenience and get tested at home, visit trylgc.com potential and get 25% off your test using code POTENTIAL25. Once again, that's 25% off your test by going to trylgc.com slash potential using the promo code POTENTIAL25. Take charge of your physical health and well-being and let's get checked. Talking all things entertainment, pop culture, and nerdum. This is The Potential Podcast. Podcast. Hello and welcome back to The Potential Podcast with me, your host, Taylor Sokol. And with me is always the, well, currently, scruffy and nerd cap wearing Chris Dewar. You hear that, folks? You hear that? Teen Wolf. <laughs> yeah. Arr! I'm doing pretty good, doing pretty good. Um, isn't that a thing? No Shave November, is that? Is that? Yeah, No Shave one? November is a thing. There's also another one, uh, but I won't say it because um, we like to have fairly PG for audiences. There's another mm, one yes. or something. But uh, yeah, No Shave November has been kind of the... Well, <laughs> I'm typically someone that only grows X amount of facial hair, so... Uh, it may look like no shave November, but it's just been about four or five days. And I'm like, I'll probably shave tomorrow because I just get over it. To be I fair, wish, but, yeah. I wish I could grow a full beard and like a mustache. That's well, a of course I can. But then finally, when I can grow facial hair and decide to let it go, it's super ginger. So it's like very red. So in the light, it's just like, you know, this flame atop my face. It's not a, not a good look. It's not what I wanted. I wanted like a dark, thick, luscious beard. And I, you know, got uh, the Cheeto look, so it's nice. Well, speaking of Cheeto, we're, uh, we're the day we're recording this, you know, uh, the election was last week, but as of the day we're recording this, we still don't have an answer, so we're not going to no, dive into that. Uh, we're still coming on the results, but uh, yeah, you know, interesting times, this whole uh, election, you know, just funny to think we're in 2020 and we're still doing like 
paper ballots like how do we not have a full online voting system by now i think the the problem is because of technology it's it's the thing is there's two sides that coin isn't there you know you think with technology that oh we got to be careful with hacking and stuff but paper is paper and that's you know there there's so many different fallacies to both so it's right you think like okay there's just something i can just send an email and then it's gone or can i just like put my thumbprint on something by now or if i think it it'll go yeah it's it's like blink once for one blink twice for two yeah we we've come so far yet we've still got a long way to go into a booth and it's like ding ding um (laughs) and you get a photo comes out (laughs) (laughs) yeah like one of those uh you know you go to the mall Remember yeah. you used to go to the mall and you get the photo booth and yeah, it just comes out and says, thank you for voting. Oh. Um, the but future anyway. <laughs> or the past. But speaking of the past, we, you know, on this podcast, we talk a lot about movies. We talk a lot about TV shows, but another, you know, I think the trifecta of the main three things we talk about is also gaming. We're huge gamers. Uh, uh, me and Taylor here. And um, you know, we've talked about this on the podcast before. We've reviewed some new games that have come out this year and talked about some old games we've loved, but we have a new system being released this week. The PlayStation is releasing the PlayStation 5. So we have this new system coming out, and uh, in turn, Xbox is also doing that for their system this month. But uh, we're really, I think Taylor and I are pretty big PlayStation fans. Yeah. Um, we're Obsessed also Switch fans. Much? <laughs> Obsessed much? Um, but, you know, it's funny to think of when a new system goes out, you kind of think, Wow, how long has the last system been out for? And we did a little research of that real quick. So, I mean, you know, you, you look at the history of video game consoles, and some were there for a long time because it took a long time to develop the new technology, the new computer system, the new graphics, all that stuff. The PlayStation 3 came out in 2006, and it, I mean, it still was being sold. You know, you could still buy them today, you know, used or, you know, maybe a rare new one, but. That was kind of up till 2013 when the PlayStation 4 came out. So the PlayStation 4, you know, another seven-year run. And, it, you know, they, whenever they have a new system come out, a lot of the new games that are launch titles are still made for the system beforehand because they yes. know that not everyone is an automatic, I'm going to go straight away and buy the new system. No, but you want to give them that opportunity to play it, of course, with the new system, you're like, I got to get with the new system because of the graphics and it's just going to be way better. Yeah, you want the experience that they're, they're, you know, they make these new games for the next system for that purpose. And so, of course, me and Taylor are very excited to hopefully get our hands on a PlayStation 5. Well, I want to play it as well. I don't just want to hold it. Well, no, yeah, but I mean, we have to get one. Okay, yeah, okay, sorry. Because <laughs> unfortunately, the, uh, the pre-sale... Uh, system was a joke and uh kind of came and went way too quick so we thought it'd be fun today though to take a little trip back in the last seven years and talk about our favorite playstation 4 games and when we mean, we mean playstation 4 games games that were only made for the playstation 4 not rehash games from the playstation 3 that you know were reinvented for the ps4 that happens a lot they take games i used to love and they remake them with better graphics we're talking about new games that came out in the last seven years for the PlayStation 4. Because, you know, honestly, I think between even Nintendo and the Xbox, I think PlayStation just comes out with the most games. They just have such variety and such some of the I would, best. I would definitely titles. agree. And they also have a lot of these original titles that are much popular, more popular, excuse me, than the Xbox. And I think some of these mm-hmm. franchises that they started from the original Sony PlayStation till now, it's amazing the fact that they have transcended and continued on. I've been just blown away about how exciting this is. Yeah, so um, why don't you, Taylor, so how we're going to do this is, you know, typically we've done a lot of these, like, top 10 lists. This is kind of like that, but we're not actually ranking these. Is You know, as you know with video games, it's often it, it, what kind of mood you're in, what kind of style you want to play. And some of these games, I, I would never be able to actually rank them what's slightly better than the others because they're all no, so fun. They're all so different, so vast. And yeah, you're right, Chris. We wanted to make it a little less tedious for you today. And we just had a little bit of fun where uh, we had spoken about this and saying probably the ones that we're going to share more than likely are going to be the same. So that way we can kind of say something and then banter back and forth about why we 
you know, put this in our, our top list of games. So this is not like mm-hmm. a top 10 list of ranking. It's just, we're just going to go spitball here. of Our favorite games that uh, we really think showcase the PS4 uh, the best way possible. And it was the, a perfect example of what Sony did for that system. I mean, like you ma- imagine you you're sent on a deserted Island and you're somehow there's a TV there you yeah, you're an outlet before, and you're like, <laughs> You're going to have these 10 games and these 10 games only. What would you pick? So Taste Station, like how I did that. The I, did, I like that, yeah. Uh, why don't you start off, us off? What is what was one of the first games on your list? And I'll see if I have it on mine. Not a problem. I'm going to go starting off one of the first games that I got for the PlayStation 4 when I bought it would be Grand Theft Auto V. Okay. Now, yes. Well, I have been, unlike you, Chris, I know that you slowly have been dipping your toes into the sandbox style games. I know that some open world games you like, but not all of them in like the Grand Theft Auto style fashion. Mm -hmm. I had followed the Grand Theft Auto games since I had a PlayStation 2. So that was when Mm -hmm. I first was introduced to it. And that's when I got really psyched about it. Of course, I didn't get a PlayStation 3. I skipped ahead to PS4. But what Grand Theft Auto 5 did was not only was the perfect example of great sandbox open world game, just the storytelling and it was just, the graphics are just so incredible. I mean, this really was one of the first games to showcase like, okay, this is this is amazing. And how, um, how they can just not only just make it look great, but make the game fun. It was addicting and it was just really great. And of course, it was another great example of how, which we'll talk about in a bit, I think we're gonna go into, is PlayStation 4 was starting to really create these amazing, or Sony, I think, creating these great narratives of Mm -hmm. a lot more so, I think, with the PlayStation 4, that these were more than just a game. This was like an experience, like, you know, a a movie and a game combined. This is what you're getting. So that was definitely That's a big thing about this generation of console was a lot more of, yeah, a lot of cinematics and a lot of really good cinematics and getting big name actors and voice actors to be in these these um, games. Well, since we're kind of going like earlier in the PS4's uh, time here, I'm gonna start off with um, Batman Arkham Knight. Okay, yes, one I listed, and because I remember when the when the I remember buying the system. Uh, one of the two games that I pre-ordered when I first bought it was Batman Arkham Knight, and I believe Battlefront was uh, Star Wars Battlefront, the first one. Um, Arkham Knight being the, you know, this is the follow-up and finale of what is the Arkham series between Arkham Asylum, Arkham City, and then Arkham Knight. Uh, It just really, I thought, did a great job of concluding that story. It took all the items that you had in the first games, and even with the spinoff of Arkham Origins, and really just advanced everything. It had great storytelling. I mean, using Scarecrow as your main bad guy was a lot of entertainment value because it was very eerie and very scary. And, and of course, for... voiced by John Noble, one of the, mm-hmm. one of the greats. And, uh, um, and then also having a red hood, you know, having um, Jason Todd, you know, be there as the Arkham Knight was. Well, you know... it was a good spin because I mean, the Arkham Knight wasn't really a character that was, we always know the red hood. So that was a good little twist where they had that little bit of yeah. a cheeky twist of it. And it was good. And it was fun with the getting to use the Batmobile. I mean, like we waited, yeah, we waited this many games. Every every kid's dream is to to get to be in the Batmobile. And then in this game, you get to be in the Batmobile a lot and it is very destructive. I mean, you do a lot of property damage though. I mean, gosh, poor Gotham is just beat up everywhere with that thing. You can just run into buildings and things just explode and the Batmobile. Yeah, the fine. realism was just great. I mean, of all the games coming up to this one. I mean, they all look really great. You go back and they are a little bit dated, but the the motion capture, I guess not motion capture, but the graphics of the characters and just the effects of the action. Again, the showing that blockbuster style yep. uh, game making that they were mm-hmm. doing greatly. What's another one for you, Taylor? Uh, another one I'm going to go with, uh, of course, you know, we said we're not going to do uh, remastered, which I had to take those off my list or I didn't realize it. That's okay. Uh, but... I will say these remastered games got me into what would be a really fantastic game uh, was Uncharted 4. Now, I had never played any of the... I had played the first Uncharted on my friend's uh, PlayStation 3 when when he had first got out. And I was like, okay, this is really cool. I really enjoyed it. I was really excited about it because, you know, I hark back to... I never played any of the Tomb Raider games. One of Mm. my first kind of adventure games was... uh, Do you remember back in PlayStation 2 that had the... 
uh, Indiana Jones, uh, uh, the Emperor's Tomb. I remember hearing about the game, but I did not. I didn't so, have that one. I always like these little swashbuckling movies and games. So this is really exciting. So of course I played the other three, loved it. And then what Uncharted 4 was so great was it really surprised me because first of all, this, I think game went for broke. It was not only the open world style with the action was just amplified to like, you know, one to 10, we're going to 11. It was yeah. like, oh my gosh. Like you were talking about cinematics. I mean, and it was so seamless where, you're like running around fighting, shooting, or you're in a car. And next thing you know, this big scene's coming where it's like this whole amazing cut scene that's coming up. And also I was just really like, it's a very emotional story. I really like. Yeah, they definitely took a, um, a lot more of the, you know, a lot of the elements of what's made Uncharted such a great series is yes, that action swashbuckling, Indiana Jones kind of tomb raiding, a guy who has this kind of sarcastic sense of humor and you know he's not always the best at his job but he gets the job done but it always had this supernatural element i think what they did is they were smart to take that away and they made a lot more about this this relationship especially between nathan and his brother and also his wife and you know think it's like you know that kind of idea of addiction of he's addicted to treasure hunting and addicted to doing this kind of life that he said he would be done with but now he has to kind of do it because not only he loves the hunt he loves the chase but also now like his brother is back in his life and it might end up costing him his life with his wife so that was like a huge emotional journey to that game so not only is it yeah it's visually stunning but the story really was compelling much more than the first three that it was just yeah, like yeah they're a know. lot more silly and you know tongue-in-cheek this one had that but to that that I think added to the levity. I, I was a little bummed out that there wasn't a supernatural element, but I, I was I, hoping for some uh, dead pirates to come out and start. I scaring was hoping you, but... for like you best start believing in ghost stories, Mister Drake. But, I mean, <laughs> there you go. You know, it, it change of director from that. You know, the director of four, uh, I believe, it was Neil Druckmann. He, you know, it was not the director of the first three. So, and which we you know, I think we'll just go right into it because. Uh, uh, you know, came out this year as one of the most recent ones, though. But again, with storytelling and, you know, a franchise we love is The Last of Us Part Two um, was one on my list just because it was on my Last list as well. <laughs> was such a great game, you know, for the PS3. And yeah, it's been remastered with PS4, but they really amped it up for two because one, it's it's a lot longer than, you know, that's the same with Uncharted. It's a long game, but it's, it's just the graphics and the way that they they give you such incredible landscapes to to play in you know a lot of the last of us was these kind of uh little towns and villages that are rampant with trees and you know it's a lot of like forests and then it's like dark grimy buildings and like you're under like in sewers and stuff but they took all of that and just it was like way more the elements are way more against you in this especially a lot of uh being in seattle you have a lot of like the rain and the water and like it just was like they definitely hyped up and they they really took it and like gave you much more and even the the gameplay the action in this one was like a lot more going on oh and it was so seamless again that whole thing where you being you you'd walk through like a little hole in the wall or and next thing you know cut scene oh then you're in action so there was no these big loading times where no again we're so used to we you know we've grown up through video games pretty much you know, since they became more and more popular, or I guess home game systems we've grown up through, but the loading screen has always been the the, the death of, of a game. It's like, oh, wait, we gotta wait for this. None of that. And also, I tell you, in terms of the game from you know the first one, the jump scares were so much more. Like this, really, this whole game had me like my heart was pumping. And I was like breathing heavily and I'm playing it in the dark and I'm just like, oh my gosh, this like game does not let up. And even like some of the, there's again, these are really good small moments where what also makes this game great is it was very controversial. It still is because people were not very happy with what they did after playing it. I like to play it again through and you, you played it again. I did play it. Yeah. So I played it all the way through once and then I did new game plus. And I will say I haven't played it a second time. I still think it's a great game. I think it's, it's really well done. I think it's so uh, one of those games where you're so used to the previous game and the buildup of so much time before the second one comes out that it was such a just like jolt 
of adrenaline and fear with some of the choices they made in the game that I think people didn't really respect the the effort and work that put it's put into that. But once you play it again, it really plays out better, I think, on a second go around. And you really just kind of take a look at me like, yeah, this game was really well developed. Again, we, we you know we talked in our potential pick about this game. They could have maybe uh, chopped up some of the scenes a little better and made a little more back and forth. But again, I think it's a great game and it definitely deserves to be in top 10 here of games I would take. Um, what's another one on your list there, Taylor? Uh, well, I'm going to go just to mix it up because uh, this one, again, was uh, out a while ago and I thought this was pretty pretty important. Excuse me, I, I dropped something. <laughs> uh one of again we talked a little bit about star wars before um this one uh was a game that when i found out that it was coming out i was so pumped about this is the game that i've been wanting to play before i even knew that they were going to make a game like this i've been wanting it for years it was of course jedi a star wars jedi fallen order fallen order and what a game first of all great original story i think it's really awesome where you've got an established franchise and you create a story that blends well into the story that it could be happening because the mm-hmm. thing about star wars is there's of course we know the movies of the skywalker saga which it's it's now known as because it really wasn't the whole like oh this is the skywalker saga until the new trilogy but in throughout the whole series of games there's well then kind of these prequels to the movies there's been kind of in between stuff that you're kind of playing during the movies but they haven't had any really original stories that kind of don't affect the effects of the game but really kind of follow the canon this did that plus it was just so exciting to finally play as a jedi there's not a lot of great games where the combat is that good uh the combat yeah, i mean i remember i remember enjoying um i enjoyed the force unleashed game that was you know fun but the thing that made this game really pop for me is Although, yes, you're a Jedi and you have a lightsaber and yes, you can have single or double, which you you know unlock in the game. There were certain enemies that were really tough. And was, this actually had a, it it had a Dark actual, Souls yes, it was a vibe challenge. to it because it was like you had to learn how to parry. You had to learn how to block. It wasn't just automatic that you could cut through everything. There was a lot of stormtroopers that had that kind of uh, those staffs or they had blades that could block lightsabers. And the thing was, yeah, it was kind of a pain sometimes. If you were to get killed in a certain area, you'd have to respawn back and get to that whole area again. So it definitely, <laughs> so frustrating. It definitely made for a challenge. And it was kind of cool the way they would kind of inner, you know, twine some story elements that we know that's already canon, but making this its own unique story. And yeah, it's just it was visually stunning. It was a lot of fun. And it's just fun to be a Jedi. I mean, you get these big jumps, you having the lightsaber, getting to force push someone, you know, it had a lot of those elements and it, it was a really creative the way they did it. And I really hope that we get a sequel. Yeah. And, and, and probably one of the very few Star Wars games that get, gave me the creeps at times where there was a part, like some of the parts of the game where I'm like a little scared, like, oh my God. Well, I'll tell you, uh, uh, if there's the next game on my list that has is always given me the creeps and it is a very difficult game, but it's so satisfying when you finally do finish it. But, uh, you know, talking about Dark Souls and talking about that kind of line of games, uh, Bloodborne. Bloodborne is a really intense kind of gothic horror, Victorian looking uh, action game where, again, it's that style where you have to really clean up and go through certain big areas with these really tough enemies. And if you die, you go back to where you started until you get to the next boss. And it can take a long time to figure out the the right skill set, the right way to fight these things. And it's a lot of, you know, some of the Dark Souls type games are sometimes about defense. Mm-hmm. This one's a lot more about attack. It is like your oh, weapon. So you're just, usually, you're just hacking and slashing. It's a sword or an axe or some kind of weapon like that. And you usually have like a gun or a lamp or something. You don't have like a shield really. So it's like you are constantly on the attack. And some of the things I created in this game are just like from the you know depths of your nightmares. I mean, like it is some dark, dark stuff. Some of these these creatures, these monsters, these bosses are just like, just like who made this? It's like dark and creepy, and the music's all like gothic. But again, it's so satisfying when you finally do 
beat a boss or you know so great game but you have again a lot of patience is needed to get through well, that game speaking of patience and now this game was i'm gonna i'm gonna pick this game because it was created um one of the last at the same time developed for playstation 3 but playstation 4 as well and i think this is a game that i'm not would would not probably if it wasn't wrapped up in a great franchise i probably wouldn't have picked this up myself because i'm not a horror fan in general but i'm gonna go with alien isolation which uh <laughs> what an incredible game when i when i heard this like oh there's gonna be a game where you're gonna have to survive the alien oh, that's cool i'm down for that what i got was you know talking about last of us two part two that was adrenaline one this was up to that level if not more where it's a first person game and you literally are like fighting for your life to not be caught by this alien because you can't kill the thing you just have to outrun it and or out hide it or outlast it and <laughs> just the what a terrifying yet fantastic experience of a game and i'm so glad i introduced that to you exact as well it is still the only game that i can honestly think of you know i've played a lot of games with horror elements and you know zombies and stuff it is the only game I can remember playing where the entire time I was nervous. I was nervous and I was sweating and it was just like intense because you're feeling it. It's so first person that, that, you know, you are literally the camera and it's like <laughs> that thing can be anywhere. And it's like the slightest problem of you going into the wrong corner or you just going to the wrong thing and then you hear it and it's, you know, and it's just and it literally if it sees you you're dead there's there's nothing you can do unless you have a flamethrower yeah and of course the flamethrower you know only lasts so long yeah depending on the difficulty you don't have a lot of resources so yeah once you get the flamethrower oh, this is great i'm shooting at a thing it's not gonna weigh. i'm like okay i'm running out all right i'll do it one more time and i'm out and it looks at me and i'm like mommy <laughs> and i'm done yep. so and yeah then, definitely <laughs> again going to that c- cinematic experience uh, but yeah, great horror film uh, or sorry, horror game and just a great game in general. PS4. Yeah, great survival game. Yeah. Um, speaking of survival game, I guess it's a game that, you know, has a huge uh, deal with you having to survive the wilderness. And, you know, you were talking about sandbox games. And yes, it was a game that really kind of opened my eyes to having more of a love for open world games because I finally did play it and i spent like two weeks just you know going through and i really really actually enjoyed it was red dead redemption 2 i think it's you know one of the masterpieces for the ps4 uh you know it's just there's so much content in that one game you know we're so used to now a lot of games even with better graphics are decently long for you know what we're used to you know we kind of went through a time period where most games are only so many hours with the story Red Dead Redemption, just the main story alone has like 117 chapters. Then there's, you know, 70 side quests and there's 70 of this and the map is so huge and you so much, you know, there's no right way to really do it. You will never repeat yourself to play that game. Because no, absolutely. The fact that like when it's crazy. Oh yeah. When you first start the game and you're like, okay, it's a, it's a long intro. And for you not ever playing the original game, um, it's pretty exciting that you became a fan of that game. Like for me, cause I, I had played the original one. I love the story, you know, great open world game. This one again was the, the original on, you know, some other adrenaline rush. It just, the amount of randomness of this world, like talk about yeah. my love of open world games, you're just riding along and all of a sudden this lady's like, help me. And then she steals your horse or next thing you know, a pack of wolves come out. It just, what they did to create this, the randomness of like a reality of this old West, it really made you feel like a cowboy and who doesn't want to like, and that's, that's what I think is why the appeals there, because you know, it, it doesn't take very long within the beginning of the game to be in your first like shootout moment, you know, out in the mountains, you're up in this like snow mountains and you go and you know, you find the Driscoll gang and you're taking them out. And I was like, yeah, this is awesome because it definitely was like the action was quicker the way that you and the sound effects with all the guns and like, it just, I was like, and that's what makes, you know, the game, the best moments of the game are the shoot up moments. And sometimes, you know, a lot of games do this nowadays where it's not you, you're not controlling how you're moving. You might be like on a trolley 
or a train or a back of a truck. So you're not controlling the movement, but you're controlling yourself trying to shoot at targets as you go. And it's just like the way they develop the story and how they intertwine those moments with a lot of these just free range, you going around and yeah, you're like taking out uh, bounties or you're going out and cleaning up and you know, hunting. It's just like and, and just so look, impressive yeah. the amount of detail and the amount of content in one game. I mean, for know, hundreds that, of hours. Yeah, for a game that you don't necessarily have to just, you know, beat the game and then you're done. It's like you could literally just spend the whole game like collecting bounties or hunting. But my props go to the game storyline, the main storyline, because yeah. you play that in its entirety. It's to the par of like an Academy Award winning film, mm-hmm. like just the depth of the characterization. And I I started getting more emotionally invested in these games. So like when I'm watching this, I'm like, man, I'm really getting into this. But you could say it, Taylor. You cried. I did cry, and you didn't, and I hate you for no, that. No, I didn't. But... Yeah, he, he was so excited. He was like, Oh, you finished it. Did you cry? And I was like, No. I was like, You, <laughs> you, you didn't cry at the end with Arthur. And I was like, No. Um, <laughs> it made me cry, but uh, it's okay. Other things do make me cry. Yeah, that's right. Little stitch makes me cry. Yeah, but anyway, that's um, a good reason to cry. We're yeah. talking about shootouts now. Okay, this isn't um, a series that started back when I, I was playing like Xbox 360. Yes, I had a dark period where I went to the dark side, but I have to go with this game because of the graphics and just top notch. Uh, I was a big fan of the Call of Duty series. And I don't know why I just got in some of these first person shooters. It was just really fun for me. And of course, one of their most recent games that they came out with on PS4 uh, was Call of Duty Modern Warfare. Now this game, mm. excuse me, is actually what I found out once you play it. It's actually a prequel to Call of Duty 4 um, Modern Warfare, which came out uh, for PlayStation 3, uh, 360 years ago. And they've had all these games since. But this game, I realize is a prequel, but the amount of detail, the it's like it's a very fast-paced game and it's a very uh, blockbustery kind of action game. And there are so many great scenes. There's one scene where you got your little night vision goggles on and you're like trying to sneak around through this like little enemy base and all you can see is just you know night vision it's very fun and i really enjoyed it because they continue to impress me all the stuff they're coming out with and of course they've got another one coming out which is their cold war one and i think that'll also be for the ps5 so i'm looking for that but call of duty modern warfare was just fantastic and i love the online play even though i'm horrible at it and I try to play online play. There's people probably who've been playing for hours, don't shower, uh, but it's still fun to, to play that game. You always, you always respawn and immediately a headshot and you're like, I oh yeah, what, who like, designs this? Yeah, and I'm how, just how like, people know how to do that so well. Well, uh, taking a turn to a much more, I would say probably the most creative game of the PlayStation like ever, uh, in my opinion. Uh, just the way that the, the world building was so creative the, the way that these uh, machines were built, the storytelling, and we're getting a sequel for the PlayStation 5, which I'm so excited about. I'm talking about Horizon Zero Dawn. Yes. Just this kind also of like my list. A, a fun game of like, you're in the future, but it feels like the past, but you're also in a technologically advanced future where uh, there's all these machines that are alive and running rampant that look like various animals. And there's a whole, you know, plot that, you know, you kind of have to play the game to figure out yourself, but you're no, playing this as a girl named Aloy. And it's just Aloy! like, it's like, you know, like in a weird way, it's almost like caveman times, but with all these like futuristic weapons. It's got this prehistoric future. Prehistoric, because it's like some of them are like dinosaur looking things. And everyone's and in these tribes and you're fighting with They're all these tribes and... and they have spears or they have these guns. And it's just like the way they created all this and the story and especially like all the design of the, you know, the, the um, armor that some of these tribes wear, it's, it's this weird mix of like, some look like they could be like, you know, prehistoric cavemen, but then there's all this like sharp metal edges to like some of this armor and some of their weapons and just the, again, the machines. And it's like huge map, this huge map of like, you have desert terrain, you have forest terrain, you have jungle terrain, you have mountain terrain. All your snow terrain, yeah, of all course, this in this yeah. one game, and it's like so impressive. Fantastic DLC, you just expand on that. Uh, and I, and also, I, I was really impressed that it gave us a really great heroine 
that really was just it was mm-hmm. her story there was no like you know stupid love interests that they're trying to like shoehorn in it was like female empowerment to the max and uh yeah, these designs i love i love a game yeah any game with a bow and arrow is i'm i'm down for and yeah. aloy a lot of your weapons are various types of bows and they can do different type of ammo and it's just it makes for such a fun game the the gameplay the action storytelling the creativity it's one of the best games that came out for the ps4 and i'm so excited for horizon forbidden west that's coming out for the ps5 next year i can't wait for that now speaking of um uh bows and arrows i'm gonna talk about something completely different but uh still in the realm of open world games i feel like we're gonna wrap this up a lot of open world games but they're amazing we got to get props to of course spider-man oh yes which Spider-Man. Uh, uh, was so Spider-Man. excited. And there's such a been such a legacy of great um, Spider-Man games. I think it's a it's a very. This t- is the best one ever made. <laughs> uh, yeah, absolutely. It's <laughs> it's been a long road to get here, and this gave us everything we wanted and more. Uh, just n- not only the storyline, but the graphics, the mechanics, and it was funny. It was dramatic, and again, you feel like you're you're playing. You're inside of a movie. I mean, yeah, I think it's it's finally the graphics have caught up with what people are ex- expecting in a Spider-Man game is, you know, this map is pretty big and it's pretty detailed for being, you know, all parts of Manhattan. And there's, you know, huge chunks of it that are straight, you know, exact replicas of actual Manhattan. But, you know, most of the game is you just flying in and out on the you know, on your web in and out these buildings and you're going down and taking down uh, thugs or, you know, bad guys, or, you know, you have these famous villains and it just felt like, you know, we were watching these Spider-Man movies and typically we get one, maybe two, or if they make a mistake, three villains in one movie. And this one was like perfect because it's like, well, it's a video game. So we don't we bring on as many as you can. Yeah. We've, we've got the time. <laughs> and you know, when they, they introduced the sinister six in this game and it's just like, there's just this section where you're, you're like trying to chase every member of the sinister six. And it's just like, so cinematic. One of the great and things is where you get to fight like epic. two bad guys at once, which at is once, like, Oh, this is, which great. was a good challenge because it's like two different skill sets of bad guy, but you have to maneuver. And, you know, and the other great thing was, uh, there's so many suits you unlock throughout the game. Yeah, so. that was a really cool thing. The fact that you could really have fun with it and you change your the, skill set. Yeah, the suits are cool, but they were functional and you could do all yeah, these special cool skills or uh, for your health or for defense or certain webs. You have different web types. I mean, like they thought of it all and they led, of course, into uh, definitely some cliffhangers for what would definitely be a sequel. We know we're getting the Miles Morales game. That's a launch title for the PlayStation 5. It looks like that's more actually truly its own kind of spinoff and not Spider-Man 2. So I'm curious to see how that game, but it already looks absolutely fantastic. Now, yeah, another game that uh, we kind of talked about, we did potential pick on it. Uh, one of the most recent launch titles for the PlayStation 4, or not a launch title, but you know, it's the title. But again, one of those kind of, it is like an open world game, has a thorough storyline, but it's just gorgeous was amazing action, great storytelling, the creativity, the world building, Ghost of Tsushima. This game was mm-hmm. absolutely incredible. Um, I I must say, I borrowed Taylor's copy of Sekiro, Shadows Die Twice, a few months back. And I played that, you know, had my frustrations with it. It's a tough game. The problem with that was, although it had a lot of influence in Japanese culture and, you know, uh, samurai and stuff, it also had a lot to do with, like, magic and fantasy elements and things that are not real this game is really you know embedded in reality of historical feudal japan and the samurai facing off against the mongol you know invasion and just like again all these different suits of armor different blades the techniques you learn as a warrior the story itself is gut-wrenching and like devastating at points and it's just like and then the the beauty of these these mountains, these hills, the these landscaping forests. was fantastic. It's just yeah. like they put well, all you know, if they're, and if, they did, like, and they didn't have the HUD system, so it it, it added to the cinematic experience. We don't have a little map uh, that's distracting mm-hmm. you. And uh, also, I love the idea. It's you know, it's this open world game, 
but it's got the kind of the a little bit of the assassin creed uh stuff where you get to do yeah. that where there's a, the, the stealth gameplay there's the open the open fighting stuff there was and also the dueling system was a nice little uh, addition as well so i really it, hope you know we have now the new game plus edition and they added some more uh, armor set stuff we have the ghost of Tsushima legends which is online play which looks we're gonna try check that out that looks really cool but i really hope that they will continue this series on the ps5 in a couple years maybe get the ghost to go to actually the island of japan itself and take out some more especially now that uh the way it ended the shogun is uh, after him as well so that could be uh they could do a lot more with the sequel make it even bigger and better um well i have one more on my list that i we've not covered but do you have any more on your list uh, for the your kind of top 10 here, Fabes. No, no, honestly, we, we shared a lot. So go for your last one, and then I think we could... Well, my it. last one, I think you, you have started playing it. You haven't finished it, but um, I, I think it kind of... It might deserve, if there was a spot for uh, one of the best games that have come out for the PlayStation 4, and I'm really excited we're getting a sequel for the PS5, would be God of War. God of War is one of my favorite series of all time. I've been playing it since the beginning when it came out with God of War. I think it was back on the PS2. And, you know, they had multiple games. And, you know, when we got to God War 3, which came out for the PS3, there really was this sense of, okay, the franchise is done. Because the way they left that off is like Kratos ends up killing Zeus. And then it's like, all right, he did his mission. He killed all the gods of Olympus. And (laughs) that's it. Well... In true fashion, with you know any great franchise that makes a lot of money, and they want to try to reinvent it. Well, they reinvented it in the best way. Kratos, much older, has moved to another part of the world, more of the Norway kind of looking area. You know, he's now dealing with the Norse gods, but he's still Kratos. He's still the god of war from the Greece area. So now it's him as a dad raising his son. Unfortunately, his wife has passed. And he's dealing with some of these Norse gods that, you know, he, he's kind of tried to find a place where he can seclude himself and not have to live with his past anymore. Yeah, but it does a true fashion of all those where you try to run for your past you run, and the past catches up with you. And <laughs> it doesn't help that it's like, well, he's still huge. And he, all he did is really grow a little more of a mustache and you can still see his, he has an infamous tattoo that's on yeah, his body. We still body. know it's so like, you, Clark Kent. You know, maybe maybe put on a coat or something. Maybe or you know, a toupee or something. Still, <laughs> but no, he looks. You know, it, it just looks like Kratos a little older. But he just made for a really cool new look at the game with this idea of more of the Norse mythology of, you know, Odin being now the new Zeus, and we're dealing with more of. Uh, creatures from you know you know trolls and stuff like that and it just it was such good action and again that we were seeing this content that actually kind of started with god of war 3 of you'd be in the middle of a cutscene straight to now all of a sudden you're, you're actually playing back and forth and it just it really was an epic epic game and i'm really excited that we are getting god of war ragnarok the sequel the follow-up coming out for playstation 5 next year now that was a list of a lot of our favorite, you know, if there's, if you had to kind of think of a top 10 or games you really love, but you know, again, the PlayStation has had so many games and there's always going to be those games that you love that you're kind of like your little fan faves, but maybe not in your top 10, but your honorable mentions. We're going to get to those right after this. You know, Taylor, with the upcoming release of the PlayStation 5, all PlayStation 4 accessories have been more affordable with our biggest sale ever. That's right, Chris. Act now and come on down to our big PlayStation 4 blowout event. Now, unfortunately, all controllers, headphones, and VR sets are still tagged at full price, but there's still plenty of other accessories available. Check out the Dr. Play set, which includes a stethoscope and thermometer. Now with the PlayStation 4, you can play doctor at home and take all your friends' temperatures. Only $9.99. Take a look at the PlayStation Accounting Tablet, now on sale at $14.99. You can enter all your tax reports and it goes right onto the screen. Hours of fun for all the kids, and they may just learn a thing or two. No PlayStation fan can go without the VR mailbox set. Now you get to pretend to walk around your neighborhood as the mailman. Watch out for that dog, make sure you have the right address, and get ready to be delivered an endless amount of fun. On sale for $19.99. If you've enjoyed games such as Vader Immortal and Skyrim, 
you must complete your collection with the VR Shield. Challenge yourself by going through the whole game with just a shield. Can you rise to the test to be the ultimate line of defense? It can be yours for $4.99. And finally, check out the exclusive PlayStation News Reporter set. Get the scoop quickly and prepare those big headlines by the deadline. You got sweeps week and the ratings need to be high. Check out this fun-filled pack for $17.99. So come on down to our garage located on Lincoln Street because we need to sell all these <clears throat> awesome items to save up for that ultimate PlayStation 5. The sale is ongoing this weekend. So please, come. Please. Now. Why did we buy all this crap? And we're back. Ooh, that was that was a nice little break. I'm glad I never bought those. Those yeah, I don't, don't think they do much. What were they thinking? That's that's all I gotta say. I mean, it's just like you know, we went through that time period, especially with like the Wii, where they were trying to you know they're making so many of these little devices to to put the the wands in. So I'm surprised. I'm surprised PlayStation never got those off the ground there. Yeah, probably a good thing though. <laughs> probably a good thing. Well, we're back here on the potential podcast. We're talking about our favorite PlayStation 4 games. So now we're going to go into our honorable mentions. These are, again, these are the games that you're kind of like, you know, your old faves where it's like, if you're, you know, you kind of, I always feel like there's those days where you kind of, you know, go through your Rolodex of games. And you're like, I just want to put in something that is fun. It's not really going to take up a lot of my time and just, you know, go for it. So uh, what's one of your first honorable mentions here? We're going to do five each. So these are a little shorter than our top 10 here. Yeah, and of course we might share some of those. So. And some of these, yeah, we might have we might have some of the same here. So what's well, the one of your honorable mentions? I'm going to go with this one, which is it. It's a great one because it does have really good replay value. And I was, again, not always into the horror films or horror genre of games. Still not really, but I'm, I'm dabbling. But this game was one of the great games of not only it had fantastic graphics, but it really delved into the idea of the choice aspect of games where you really control the narrative of what's going to happen. And that, of course, was on the game Until Dawn. Mm. Uh, which is a very, very terrifying game. It's a, it's a horror film where you are playing as various friends who, uh, after a tragedy, you guys you know, come together. And of course, you're on this, uh, this abandoned, you're like this abandoned cabin up in the woods, snowy mountains. So of course, you know, you're isolated. It's like a Stephen King novel. Things are going to happen. But what was really great about this is they really employed the butterfly effect. Whereas every time you, either had a different dialogue option or you decided, oh, do I go that path or do I go that path? Do I go that in the dark corridor, corridor where I hear a weird breeze or do you go that one where the door has light on? And then, you know, you can, the game ends where you could either save all the kids or, you know, you all die or some of them don't make it. So it was really like, a, it was a very terrifying game where there was a lot of these like quick time events where, it's not a lot of just walking around third person. There's a lot of these quick time events, but it's a very adrenaline filled game. And I was very terrified. I played it uh, in the dark uh, many, uh, many nights and it was uh, absolutely terrifying, but I had to give a little honorable mention to that. That's a good one. I never, I remember seeing the uh, commercials for that, but I never played that one, but. Um... Well, and they've been creating like this whole, it's like the dark anthology and there's the other games that they've come out with. Uh, so I would recommend it for sure. Well, one of the first ones on my list here is, uh, you know, we talked about Uncharted and they came out with, after Uncharted 4 Thief's End, they came out with a kind of spinoff game, Uncharted The Lost Legacy. On my list as well. Um, where you play as two of the girls that were in the, the games and it's kind of them on their own journey going through India trying to find this elephant tusk that's like made of jewel and everything. This game is not, you know, it's by far not as long, of course, as the main Uncharted games. If, if Uncharted 4 was probably a 22, 24-hour game, this is really like a 10 to 11-hour game. You know, it's not meant to be super long, but it is packed with great action and great storytelling. It is a full, compelling story in this game, even though it's a spinoff. The action and some of the challenges, you know, a lot of Uncharted is, you know, we talked about it kind of uh, being in the... Um, you being in the grass and sneaking up assassin style to take out people. That's a lot about these in games is because, you know, there's oftentimes where you're like on a mountainside or you're going through like a forest or something and there's guys everywhere. 
And if you do it the sneaky way, it's a lot healthier and easier for you. If you do it like guns out blazing, it's a lot harder to take out everyone because they might corner you and kill you. So there's a lot of these cool elements in this where you, you know, you're kind of going deeper and deeper in India and you're trying to find this temple. And some of these maps are like freaking huge. And it's just like, I was like, the scale that they put into this game alone for it being this kind of spinoff was just like, I was really surprised. And it, you know, I, I replayed all the Uncharted games earlier this year, uh, one, two, three, four, and then this one. And, you know, this one actually for me ranks probably like on the top two or top three of all the games. It's just it's like really entertaining. I love the story and it had some awesome action moments. So I was like, yeah, it did. And of course, good on you. Good on you. And a great uh, girl power. We got two uh, strong female leads. Yeah. And I would like to see more with those two in future games. Honestly. I hope we get some sequels. Cause you know, even though Nathan's story is over, they might be far from over from going out and seeking treasure. Um, so what's another one for you, Taylor? Uh, well, speaking of like treasure seekers now, I didn't, because obviously this other one was not originally on PS4, but I'm going to the sequel. We talked about this early with the, without these games, we would have not had the Uncharted games is of course the Tomb Raider, Rise of the Tomb Raider, which was the sequel uh, to the revamp of Tomb Raider, uh, which starts the story of Lara Croft. Rise of Tomb Raider, you're again doing something different, just kind of, it is funny because both that and Uncharted 2 are very similar where they kind of end up. Because It was funny that they're of, both like in Snow Mountain Himalaya area. Yeah. <laughs> Which is funny, them, it's yeah. like, okay, very nice. So, <laughs> uh, but I really loved it because again, these games were just so compelling because they, first of all, they didn't make Laura Croft this, you know, very uh, disproportionately, you know, kind of uh, action bimbo. They made her very compelling, fun. We're talking, there's a lot of girl power uh, we're, we're shooting out here, which I love, but it was just a lot of fun. I really enjoyed uh, this, these games because there was a little bit of more of the, there's a lot of this horror element. There's some of these scares. They really uh, dig into the mythology. I really like the, the fact that there's so much mythology world building based on, um, a lot of stories. I've always been fascinated with that. So this was fun. And then the action and the gameplay uh, were just so great and just, just so much fun. I love that series so much. Well, I, I, I was actually torn between putting Rise or Shadow and I ended up putting Shadow of the Tomb Raider in the end only because as much as I do like Rise of Tomb Raider and I think it's got a lot of great stuff to it. I just love the kind of Aztec Mayan culture and that kind of like world building they did for the third game. But Shadow of the Tomb Raider yeah, that series as a whole, the revamp series, starting with Tomb Raider, that came out on the PS3, and then it was to PS4, and I have all three for the PS4. There's just something about, you know, Uncharted Uncharted has a lot of this uh, humor to it. It has a lot more of this kind of playful, it's still deadly, it's still dangerous, but because of the kind of sarcasm and the banter between especially Nathan Drake and Asia the bad guy, or like Sully, Laura doesn't really have the, there's none of that humor in the Laura Croft games, no. a lot more serious. Well, also the fact that when you get hurt, it's very graphic, some violent deaths. Well, it's, yeah, I mean, Laura goes through a lot in those games. And yeah, if, if you die, it it's pretty bad. I mean, the <laughs> most infamous one that still cracks me up is in Tomb Raider, is there's a part where you're going down this river and if you don't shoot at the stuff with a shotgun just right, you might end up running into like a long tree pole and it looks like a spear literally goes right into her neck and she's like oh and it's like yeah. really graphic just the that, idea of her recording all these noises i like the yeah especially with three i think it was cool because they were going more into this deep kind of hidden society of you know we, we always hear about these uh uncharted parts of the amazon or these tribes that still have never seen technology of today and they're kind of living in their own secret society it was kind of like parts of that were in this game. And so she was kind of finding herself actually not only like trying to get through tombs and stuff, but she was trying to, you know, go through the secret society. But the thing that made it a little like, okay, was that it was this whole mythology of like the end of the world. And this one guy was like becoming like a God. He was trying to like cause chaos. And, and it, it got a little like over dramatic with the plot. Yeah. But again, the action and the display and the, all the graphics and yeah, it's just a fun series. So I'm curious to see what Tomb Raider would be next. I wonder if it's going to be a little bit of a revamp, a little, you know, maybe go back to basics, but uh, great, great series. Well, talking about series, of course, they remastered these games, but then this is this game was the reason 
ultimately that I bought the PS4 because I knew that it would come out there one day, it took a long time, was of course Kingdom Hearts 3. And uh, with Kingdom Hearts 3, I I put this in the honorable mention because I'm going to love it because it's a Kingdom Hearts game. I was so excited uh, to go back into this world, but I thought there was a lot of things that did very well and there's a lot of things that didn't do great. Um, but to go back to this world of of this whole storyline with create Disney characters, Final Fantasy, just so much fun. And then they just, they, they added a lot of fun stuff that you could do. And the, the action, of course, the, the graphics were just like, oh my gosh, this is great. It was just so much fun to go back to that, that world and that story that I, I've enjoyed so much. So that was really exciting. I mean, I wasn't really pumped. I think the story was a little crazy. It's, it's a series that you have to play every single game from every single system to really get it. And even then, you don't know what's going on. But I still had a fun time no matter what. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, I guess one that similar kind of vibe, I guess, is because um, it ha- it's had multiple games lead up to this new revamp that came, you know, it was a new version in, uh, I think it was 2016, and we just got the sequel, is Doom. Um, because you know dooms had these games that have come out since like some of the really old systems so like you're looking at the really really original graphics for you know and now being this beautiful age of hd graphics they had this new version of doom come out in 2016 and like it really is pretty it's a lot brighter overall you know i remember i remember playing doom 3 on my laptop and it was terrifying because it was a lot of these dark spaces with like a swinging lights you only see so much it was a little brighter, but it's definitely more chaotic because there's so many of these zombies and creatures coming at you. And it was terrifying, but it's just so funny because you have such, such destructive guns and you have like the chainsaw and you yourself, if you get like those power-ups, you just run around and you're literally tearing people's heads in half. And I mean, it's just like, I always say like, if you're having a really bad day, just go play a few rounds of Doom and you'll feel much better because you take all your frustration out playing Doom. And Doom definitely. Eternal, which came out, the sequel uh, that you have currently I lent you, it's it's pretty fun. Just, you know, I think it's... it's I like it's, how you mentioned a little you, bit lent, of that. you lent it to me. So yes, that I lent it to and he's still waiting for it. I know, um, he's, no. so in case when everyone listens to this, like, it's on the record. <laughs> um, but just, you know, I think there's also that creative measure of it, kind of demonology. They're talking about certain characters that we've also heard of in other... Uh, even like movies or TV shows that deal with like, you know, the devil and dealing with, you know, certain names of demons and that kind of lore kind of made it a little more exciting, just your typical shoot 'em up game. So that was kind of a, one of my, you know, all time favorites that I enjoy playing. Well, I'm going to, I'm going to go this one. I probably would have been on the list if we had done this recording earlier, but I got to throw it in there just because it came a little late in the game, but I got to give props to this one is star Wars squadrons. Uh, that mm. recently just came out for the PS4. One of the last games that was late to the game. What makes this game so interesting and exciting is not only is it's a great kind of the Rogue Squadron game series that they haven't done anything for quite a while, but the idea of you're you're in the cockpit and you're able to you know fly that X-wing or Tie Fighter or what what have you. You go back to that world. Of course, the graphics are amazing and fun. What makes this doubly exciting is the fact that there is an option with the PSV ps4 vr is you can literally put the vr headset on and play with the controller and look around like you were in the cockpit it was Uh just such a surreal experience to be like seeing ships whiz past you be able to look back and then see you know your r2 unit like freaking out because he just got blown up so (laughs) it was just so much fun because again another adrenaline rush of a game uh that we all like the idea of star wars games two things we want to do we want to be a jedi and we want to, you know, shoot some stuff up in our Starfighter. It's so exciting. And if you want some real humor, you're the person that's not playing, watching the person playing, looking like an idiot. Yeah, Because exactly. <laughs> of just looking around like, eh, eh. <laughs> I mean, if only we could, you know, we might have to post some video of me playing the uh, Vader Immortal VR game. Uh, yeah. I was just doing the training part, and I look like I'm uh, uh, a bad samurai chopping up some <laughs> vegetables for a evening dinner so yes. uh <laughs> makes for some great for comedy well going to my, my my last one here then because yeah we've kind of covered all the ones i was going to talk about is uh a series i always love and i always will buy them because it's just cartoony 
it's funny it's kind of like cheesy bad humor at points but it is like creative action with all these kind of funny weapons you have to play with is the ratchet and clank series that, oh, right, um, yeah. we are getting a new one coming out for the ps5 it's been a couple of years since we've had a new one come out but this is just a fun i think it's a fun game because it is a little bit of strategy there's especially these areas would just be a lot of enemies and you have different weapons but each weapon only has so much ammo so you really have to kind of think about which one does the most destruction which is good for that type of enemy but then it's it's like you know it's a funny story because a lot of it as as the games have gone along there's been a lot of like meta within the game itself of it yeah. kind of making fun of itself and you know there's a character that it, it named Cork who reminds me a lot of Kronk you know it's kind of that type of this he's supposed to be this kind of almighty action star who really at times is kind of more like the bad guy or he's kind of like a klutz and kind of an idiot and um even the banter between ratchet and clank being you know ratchet is this i mean i guess he's like a little what not a kangaroo he's a some sort of feline character marsupial (laughs) cat thing and um uh and clank being this little robot that's kind of like a british butler sounding guy and sometimes the humor of like they separate and have to go on their own journeys. And it's just like these funny kind of like, you know, it's a fun cartoony game with some great action. And I'm really excited for this new one. I think it's called Ratchet and Clank Fast Forward or something like that. You're going to go through different periods of time and different worlds. And so I think it's going to be a lot of fun and really going to boost up the uh, fighting ability, which is going to be fun. But those ones have always been fun to me. I've, I've had a few since PS3, but... Well, I think it just creates, so, again, successful franchise that they created. I mean, one one series that I that could have gone that way but didn't was the Jack and Dexter games, which I was really hoping that would continue. But Ratchet and Clank, for all intents and purposes, has been one of the more successful Sony franchises, mm-hmm. uh, I would say, up to that point. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I would, I would say that. And... Uh, I got to do one more shout out, of course, to uh, this game, which I just got and I just started playing, which is a lot of fun is I talk about a franchise that's continued now. They revamped the games and now they're creating new games was Crash Bandicoot 4. It's about time. The great title. <laughs> which, which, yeah, it was a perfect title. It's like this is the best uh, sequel you could ask for. So, of course, you had the first three and then this game. And then they did Crash Bandicoot Racing. But this game was just so much fun because talk about that meta humor. The graphics are so much fun for the game. There is a lot of these, you know, time melding elements and the idea that, you know, it's like a two player S game, which is great. Uh, but it was just so much fun because for, for me playing the original, original games and then playing this, I was like, this is great. This is for the fans for sure. And it's like you sometimes you don't like the fan service. This is like the perfect fan service for that game series. And I was just it's been nice to see these little nuggets of games. They snuck in PS4 right before ps5's launched so I'm, I'm i'm pretty happy with that yeah that's uh it's kind of fun to always see when they kind of take the oldies the old the old standards but make a new chapter about them you know we see we see that a lot in nintendo a lot they take a lot of the, their old kind of classics and make new adventures for them but you know the ps4 has definitely been one of my favorite systems of all time of game systems i've owned i think i've put more hours into that than any other system that i've owned and I'm so excited for the PS5. It just looks like they're definitely taking all the right things and just moving it into the future. It looks like we're going to have practically no load times. The graphics are even better. And it's just going to be faster, better computing system. And um, even talking about the controller, you know, we've been hearing you were talking about the controller is supposed to have this dual sensor. So it's supposed to help even advance the play with that. So very excited to see what the uh, PlayStation 5 has in store for us. We already have a lot of great trailers for some games and already a lot of great launch titles. You know, I know for sure we're getting uh, Spider-Man Miles Morales. We have Assassin's Creed Valhalla, which is, you know, the new Assassin's Creed set in the land of the Vikings and all of that. And then we also have um, the HD revamp of Demon Souls, which looks really cool, too. So which I'll have to get because I never played the original. So I'm excited for that. Well, it looks like it's going to be a lot better to play because, you know, a hard thing about some of these old games that they just remaster for, you know, the PS4 is they don't always remaster all the graphics. And so sometimes it's not the most clear and it looks like they're really taking it and bringing it into this new generation of games. So I'm excited for that. But 
Yeah, I mean it's it's pretty good prices, honestly. I was I was thinking it was gonna be more expensive, but right now the PS5, there's gonna be two versions. One is completely digital, so it's all digital downloads, no disc drive at all. That'll be ringing in at four hundred dollars. And then if you want the one that has a disc drive that is a Blu-ray player as well, that'll be five hundred dollars. So I'm sure it might be a little tough to get one right away because they had all the pre-sales, but uh, hopefully we'll get one before. Uh, you know, sometime in November and we can start uh, playing some of these new games. Because of course, the great thing is they're going to be, it's backwards compatible. So uh, all these PS4 games, you know, there's maybe a few I might sell, but a lot of these old ones that I'm like, maybe a couple of years down the line, I'll be like, come on, play that game again. Well, yeah. So don't, yeah, don't get, don't get rid of your PS4 games just yet. If you want to sell your PS4, go for it. But uh, yeah, I think there's only like five games that you can't play on PS5. Yeah. So I think that's going to be that's that was a smart move because that was a big kind of uh, from people when the PS4 came out is that it wasn't backwards compatible. Mm -hmm. Um, But I mean, I get it. Sometimes it's it's not so much about, you know, what's it's only a game from the past, but it's also like the processor of the thing might not be able to process older games or however it works. I don't know. But very excited for the PS5. PS4, you've been a great system. You've had so many great games. Yes. You know, PlayStation, they've been rocking it out of the park. So we're definitely excited to uh, see what it comes in. We'll definitely have some uh, potential picks with some of these new games once we get around to playing them. So be on the lookout for that. And uh, as always, know your potential. Know your potential, know your PlayStation. (laughs) Or (laughs) PlayStation. Thanks for listening to The Potential Podcast. You can follow us on Instagram and Facebook at The Potential Podcast or on Twitter at The Potential Pod. Or you can email us. Send us your positive feedback and thoughts, suggestions, and more through our email, thepotentialpodcast at yahoo.com. I'm your host, Chris Dewar. And I'm your host, Taylor Sokol. Stay tuned for more episodes on pop culture, entertainment, and nerdum. And remember, know, know your, your potential. potential.